Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone, to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we chat with industry leaders to get insights on how we can help our salespeople grow and how we can grow our revenues. And uh, before we get started, we've got an amazing guest today. I want to tell you about a new product coming out. It's called Mindset Boosters. It's an app that allows your salespeople to get the mindset they need to get the job at hand. We all have days where we're feeling fantastic and nothing can stop us, and they are great sales days. Then we have days where we're average, which is not too bad, and then we have those days where we're like, ugh. So this app allows you to just listen to the track you need. So if you're feeling like the energy's low, you can switch on awesomeness in like four minutes. So it's called Mindset Boosters. I'll put a link in the show notes and go check it out. It's going to give you uh, your salespeople operating at... Uh, 10 out of 10 every single day. And today we have Ashley Garrison with us today. She is the Director of Sales Ops and Sales Development. Ashley, welcome to the program. Uh, glad to be here, Omar. I really am excited uh, for this chat. Uh, sales is my favorite thing to talk about. I, I'm definitely a sales nerd, um, so looking forward to our discussion. So how long ago did you join Baker Hill? So believe it or not, I actually took this um, opportunity uh, in May of 2020. So I've been here a little over uh, two years or almost two years. Um, and I will say joining a team during you know rapid change and um, the pandemic was interesting. A lot of my training was done virtually and, and having to connect with people um, through this lens of uh, uh, you know, a screen is very different than seeing them in person. Um, but I have really enjoyed it. I started with just the sales development team, so really working on the front um, top of the funnel, um, bringing in uh, new leads to our organization. And then as I was here, uh, a role offer uh, op opened up for our sales operations team, and I had that background. Um, so kind of living in two worlds today from a sales ops uh, and a sales development uh, perspective. And it probably helps everybody out because there's like a seamless kind of connection between the two. Absolutely. You know, I, I would say connecting is what one of my strengths is. And, and I, I think uh, a lot of people are really strong at one thing or another. I feel like I'm kind of really average, but in a good way at a lot of different things. And in some ways that allows me to um, bring those really smart people together uh, to make the best, best and most successful teams for sure. You know, that could be your superpower because, you know, when you have expertise in one area, you tend to focus on that a lot and the other stuff sure. suffers. But when you're a generalist, you can bring everything in and it's all about how to get the sales rep to perform at their highest level. Because ultimately, at the end of the day is how can we get them to see themselves as we see them? Because oftentimes we can see more opportunity in them than they can see in themselves. And if they can leverage the trust through you in themselves, that's the job of a sales leader. Absolutely. And, 
you know, so my parents are both educators. They, they retired after 43 years in education. And one of the philosophies that my dad really lived by was with kids, you, you have to coach their strengths. So it's about finding what is that person really good at? And instead of focusing on their deficits, um, you know, focusing on uh, what their strength is and their superhuman ability. So for me, it's connection. Um, for some of my uh, team members, it might be, you know, re building great, great rapport on the phone. It might be really uh, articulating a value prop well in an email. So trying to find what it is that they're best at and then leveraging that superpower uh, to make them successful and continuing to uh, encourage growth in those areas, I think, is, is the real uh, test of my leadership, for sure. So how do you cross-pollinate? Because you could have uh, a rep that's, you know, got a great gift with emails, that their emails get more responses than others. So how do you capture that and coax, cajole, entice other sales reps to follow that, uh, that model? Sure. So I, I would say... Um individual sales reps don't have to be good at everything, but if they leverage their teammates, you know, so I'm a huge fan in team selling, which is if one person's really good on the phone, then maybe that person that's struggling a little bit on the phone can have um, some opportunity to listen to the best of the best and take pointers and structure their calls similarly. And with emails, it's very similar. If somebody has a really strong email, borrow it, you know, um, find a way to put it in your voice. It, the one thing that I um, uh, subscribe to is really being authentic in your delivery. So be the person on the phone that you are in your email, but that doesn't mean you can't take from somebody else who's doing it really well uh, and, and make yourself better. So, so leveraging that strength throughout the organization, I think is the way to go. I think Pablo Picasso would disagree with you. He's, he doesn't believe in <laughs> borrowing. He believes in stealing. And he thinks that's the highest uh, praise is when you steal somebody else's concept. Of course, make it your own. But I, it's the same thing. It's like, why reinvent the wheel? Why not take something someone's done? So talk to me about ego versus accomplishment. Because oftentimes, salespeople especially get stuck in their way as like, you know, I know what I'm doing. This is the best way. And being a good sales coach, sometimes we have to get them to, you can't tell them what's wrong, but you have to get them to see the light or see the reflection in the mirror. How do you do that? So for me, one of the best ways is really to ask them what they could improve. You know, I think as a coach, it's really easy to come in and point out the flaws, but the better approach is to really allow that person to come with to you with, I could have done this better, or you know what, I didn't close that call the way I wanted to. And I think when you empower people to be transparent with their flaws, that ego comes down. Most people are really hard on themselves, you know, so throughout my years of coaching, it, it, they don't necessarily need you to point them to the direction of where um, they're struggling, but uh, they once they point it out themselves, then you can ha start having a dialogue around, well, what do you think you could have done differently? And then, you know, if they hit a wall, that's when you might pull in that best practice from one of their colleagues and and show them a, a different way or a better approach for sure so would you say that because oftentimes we are hard on ourselves would you say that uh women salespeople are more harder on themselves than the male counterparts or not so much you know that's a great observation i would say being a female in sales um can be challenging because if you see that a salesperson must look like, must behave like, must talk like this, and you try to replicate that. For a lot of women, it doesn't work. I think one of, um, you know, and I'll say this uh, kind of in a general state, but um, leading with empathy can be a real uh, factor in, in female selling. Like, because there is, um, I guess, 
that ability to lean into, yes, I understand you and um, I want to connect with you on that human level. I think for females, not being afraid of that, not being afraid of being too soft, um, not being afraid of not always being the challenger. Um, I'm also a huge believer in transparency in sales. You know, I love the salesperson that's honest with me, that tells me where their product is strong and where, you know, their product struggles. And so I think when you take that sort of mindset and approach, uh, there's trust that's built and trust is a main factor in successful um, sales. And I've seen that throughout my career, you know, both in manufacturing when I worked at Sylvania Lighting and then also here in the tech space at Baker Hill, um, for sure. So I think the strongest version of ourselves is the authentic version. So if we can be ourselves and be comfortable in our skins, because sales literally is all about building trust with the person you're chatting with, you're talking Mm -hmm. with. And as soon as you build that trust, then you can have a real conversation. And people tend to not hold their cards close to their vest. They're like, oh my God, this is what, this is what's going on in our company. This is where we need help. Or sure. we got it covered. You know, we don't think we're going to use you. Whereas sometimes people are just being polite, especially today. I happen to be in Toronto, Canada, and these guys are super polite. And it would be nice if they said, I don't want to buy it rather than That's very interesting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I think you're spot on. I think transparency in sales and being able to build that trust. Ultimately, that's when you discover pain too. Um, You know, when you first call someone and they say, you know, we're not really interested, it's probably because you're pushing a product and not asking enough questions about, tell me, tell me about your process and tell me what you don't like. Tell me about, um, you know, how uh, I guess challenged you are in these areas. When you listen in sales, it's really powerful. And then suddenly you have that opportunity to build a relationship, which I, I think, again, is, is the cornerstone to any long um, sales partnership. And I think there's a difference between pretending to listen and listening because the other person can feel it. And if you trust yourself, you can allow those silent spaces and actually pay attention to the person. And attending someone is such a huge trust builder that allows them to open up because most people don't get that at work or at home because people are busy thinking about all the gazillion other things. So Ashley, we're about to uh, go deep inside your brain and figure out some cool stuff. So the first one is, how do you hire new talent? Like, how do you search for it? How do you filter against people that are posers like, look at me, I'm pretty and find the authentic people? And then uh, how do you actually get them to sign up and become an employee? Uh, Great question. Especially really relevant um, with the great resignation. Everyone's talking about, you know, great people are leaving and how do we retain our our top talent? For me, especially in a sales development role. So you're bringing somebody who's maybe a little greener in the industry and trying to figure out, you know, are they going to be successful in sales? Um, I look for curiosity. Believe it or not, that's one of the top traits. Um, mm-hmm. I want someone who whose desire to learn is in their DNA. So you know they can be curious about just about anything, but you want to you want to hear passion in their voice. You want to hear that it really uh, intrigued me when uh, type of observations in in how they're speaking about the, their different experiences. I would say the other thing um, is that hunger and drive to be successful. Um, you know, success happens through re- repetition and patterns. Um, I, I think it was uh, Angela Duckworth who talks about grit, right? And yes. so grit is 
perseverance and doing the same things over and over um, to achieve greatness. And, and I think you, in that conversation with um, a potential employee, it, it really is about, tell me about a time that you had to overcome something or overcome a challenge and, and how did you, how did you overcome it? And then, you know, what were your feelings about it? I think mindset is really important, right? Um, Absolutely. You're, you're going to have days that are uh, troubling or you're struggling uh, a technology as an example. Um, but at the end of the day, you want someone who sees the light at the end of the tunnel and is willing to keep pursuing that passion. Brilliant. And I think there are really good things to sort for. Uh, I was at this, uh, doing an interview with uh, the CEO and he said, you know, when he's hiring uh, lead programmers that'll be leading a team, all of that sorting out credentials gets done way before they come to see him. And then he basically gets them to code in front of him and then explain why they're doing what they're doing. And then the last part of the interview is saying, uh, talking about past accomplishments. And he's got a, a piece of paper and a check mark. And each time the person says, I did this and I did that and I did the other thing, he puts a check mark. And each time he says, we did this and we did sure. this. And then the we's have to double the I's minimum. If there's more eyes than we's, he won't hire them because it's all about ego and not about the team. Sure. That was a really simple little uh, trick, we versus I. And I believe in that 100%. I, I think that that is one of those qualities that's uh, intrinsic to a person. And, you know, finding people that are team players, um, it, again, it, it helps your whole culture. I would have really been impressed instead of saying, I believe in that would have been, we believe in that, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> bad I, I will tell you um, at Baker Hill, the, the culture here of we is so powerful. And it was one of the things that attracted me uh, to our company uh, simply because it, it, there's a lot of really exceptional people in the world. Um, but to work in a, a company that has a lot of organizational humility in terms of the we nice. was an attracting, attracting uh, feature. You almost invented a new word, which I love. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Write that down. It could, it could be. I will, for sure. It's going to go love, viral. <laughs> that's why I love language. It's uh, forever morphing and uh, shrinking, morphing. New words come in. Old words go out. That's like fascinating. It is, so now, for sure. Now we've found salespeople to join our organization. How do you get them to uh, deliver their best effort? Like, What do you do sure. to inspire people to really step up? I do think it's about living in the the small moments. You know, don't wait for the big sale. Look for, hey, um, the great reply, the great email, um, the uh, engaged customer, the happy customer. Take times to celebrate um, the, the small victories. And then I would also say align that person with a mentor or somebody successful uh, in the organization so that they see a path to follow. It doesn't mean that it's going to be their exact path, but mm -hmm. seeing success, I think, breeds success. And, and if you're part of a winning team, everyone wants to join, right? You know, it's why if you go to, um, you know, any major city after their team wins the Super Bowl, there's an excitement, there's an energy. They talk about the growth of that city's, like, overall uh, GDP just for being a winning city. And I, I think there's something to be said about that. Absolutely. So what do you do with salespeople? You know, we all have ups and downs. Think about a specific salesperson, don't name names, but you can use a, a pseudonym, Tom Jones or whatever, and say, <laughs> it's doing really well. All of a sudden, this person fell into a rut, and this is how I help them get out of it without sure. using a failure. No, for sure. Um, I think the hardest thing is uh, thinking about this individual. Um, she was in a bit of a rut, and a lot of it was confidence, right? It was, I, I can't seem to land the deal. Uh, everything that I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing the right stuff but I'm not landing the deal. 
So really it was focusing on what is your sales process? You know, because if you believe truly in your process, if you take the time to um, make sure that that process is well thought out and defined, you know, in sales, you don't always control the outcomes. There are so many factors that result in this is going to be a, a winning sale. This one is going to fall through. But I think really honing in and defining that process helped for her. And it was, hey, I know it's not working this month, but last month, remember how your sales process de delivered these results. Let's take a look at your last month and see, you know, have you changed anything? Is there any anything we need to tweak? Is the environment different? Um, and, and then kind of leveraging that sort of talk track, because I think once once you let go of outcomes, once you let go of the results and you're in the moment with people and you're really engaged with their pain and delivering and, and if you're passionate about the product that you sell, um, eventually it's going to work out and the right customer and the right fit is going to come along um, to help you land that success. And I, I think that that mindset really worked for her because the very next month she had a like very high quota and um, was very successful. So, yeah. So a few things come out of what you just said. So the first thing that comes out of what you said was, uh, as sales leaders, we need to be scientists. And as scientists, there is no attachment to what the result's going to be. It's like, let's take a look at the results and let's take a look at the process. When did you add this chemical in? And I think that is essential. The second thing that's essential is the trust between the sales leader and the sales reps. Because mm -hmm. if the trust is there and it's like, look, let's diagnose what's going on. This is not about blame. And I think that's the second element. And the third element is successful people keep on going till they get to the other end. And the process isn't always the perfect process, but unless you keep on using it for a while, you can't figure out what's broken in it if you keep on changing things. So I think those three things allow sales leaders and sales reps to achieve greatness. Thoughts? Sure. Absolutely. And, and I think um, we always laugh. Is sales an art or a science? I think it's both. That's why I love my role as sales ops and sales development, because I get to use both sides all day long. I think if you are only relational and only rapport um, driven, you know, customers today want more from you. I think that if you are only data driven and don't see the, the dynamics um, on the personal side, then you miss out on forming those long relationships that make for a good partnership. So at the end of the day, um, I really love everything you said, because the, to me, it is replicating that process and then tweaking it with small uh, changes uh, and seeing if that delivers more positive results or if, they, or if they stay the same or if they get a little worse and then trying something new and not being afraid to experiment. You know, half of sales, um, you know, philosophy in my mind is it's, it's a big experiment. We're all trying oh, yeah. something. And uh, if you've ever heard of the, the marshmallow challenge, I it have. went uh, viral a few years ago. But essentially, the, the point of it is to, to get all of um, the smart people in the world, you know, scientists and mathematicians and CEOs and CFOs to pause and think like a kindergartner, because yep. kindergartners aren't afraid to try new things and get their hands, you know, into the, the process. I think that uh, as adults, um, Sometimes we get so mired down in the result that we focus on, you know, getting the marshmallow on uh, the tower built to hold the marshmallow and we don't spend time in that it's okay to fail because um, failure is that step that you need to succeed. Absolutely. And I think uh, one of the nice things, if you've got many reps that are doing the same process in certain parts of the process, this rep is going to do better at it. Then we can say, I wonder what they're doing differently. They're supposedly doing the same thing. And then we can 
tweak the whole process and get everybody trained around it. And I think that's, if we have a culture of better mm-hmm. and uh, it just gets everybody to improve as they go. So the last area I want to explore with you was, uh, so we've hired the right people. We've inspired people uh, to do really, really well. Now, how do we bring the team together so that they support each other at you know at the lowest level, morally, oh, motivation and connection, but it can also inspire people to go above and beyond their quotas. So how do you bring the team together to be one team supporting each other to do great things? You know, uh, that one's pretty easy for me, believe it or not. It's, it's empowerment. You know, it's not limiting a person based on their role at the organization. It's not limiting their ideas. It's not locking them down to a process. You know, we talked a little bit about experimentation. Yes. Um, and I think when your team feels empowered to try new things, when they see that things aren't working and they don't wait for you as a sales leader to say, hey, try that something new, I think that's where success comes. Um, so when you did your analogy of the five team members and one's doing better at, you know, this stage of the sales cycle. For me, it's analyzing and asking the question of what are you doing differently and how can we leverage that? Um, So when you, when you have an empowered culture and empowerment is not just words, it's, it's action. It's, you know, taking the spotlight and uh, shining a light on those individuals that are really excelling or doing something um, magical, you know, in sales. I I think it's important for sure. Absolutely. And then Oftentimes, there's a divide between uh, salespeople and the rest of the company. Sure. In a lot of companies, I was working with this catering company. They're very successful, but uh, there is some friction in the company, and they could be doing a lot better. And so we did a, a two-day retreat, got the chefs, the salespeople, all the divisions in uh, one room for two days at a fancy resort. And on day two, I went to the head of sales, and I said, okay, uh, walk me through the sales process. What's the first step? Somebody on the internet clicks and then what happens and then after that how do you know then what happens and it was like a 52 step process to ask for a referral after a successful event and so we uh, get everybody to figure out what's going on they get all these new processes and about uh, two months later I'm walking through the kitchen and one of the kitchen staff is like those freaking salespeople. all they do is like uh, play golf they're a bunch of lazy bastards <laughs> and the, the chef goes, no you have no idea what they have to do so uh, for them it actually uh, connected sales with the rest of the organization so everyone's got a tough job we just from the outside it looks like you guys are just goofing off. So how do you connect your team with the entire Baker Hill so they understand what they're doing, how they can support them, and how the salespeople can support them? How do you connect, integrate with the rest of the company? Wow, that is, you know, it's, that is a challenge that I've seen throughout every company I've worked for. You know, you've got the classic sales and operations yes. you know, divide. Um, what I would say, a lot of it starts with listening. A lot of it is how much are you listening to the pain points in other parts of your organization and then figuring out how what you do impacts that pain point. Um, I think if you start to uncover, you know, hey, if we were more um, upfront about this particular product, um, you know, issue that we're having with our customer, then when our delivery team goes to uh, implement, uh, the process would be smoother and it would make their jobs easier. So I think sometimes it's, it is about uncovering pain, listening to pain in other areas of the organization, and understanding where you play a role in potentially making that pain worse right. or making it better, right? But I think the other thing um, is also uh, being humble to the fact that 
you said this earlier, most people intend to do a really good job. Yes. So, you know, if you think about intention and you think about, you know, no one is purposely trying to anger a customer or um, upset a customer. And from a sales perspective, you know, um, you know, no one is purposely trying to not share enough with the rest of the organization about a new customer. So if you go in with a mindset of, I believe people intend to do a good job. I believe people at our organization want to serve our customers. Then all else fades. You know, you've got that sense of intention and, and it's, we're all in this room together. We all intend to deliver a really great product to our customers and our clients. And at the end of the day, how do we figure out a way to work together? It's easier said than done. You know, I, you know I'm talking kind of in an yeah. idealistic uh, fashion, but I would say listening to those other areas of the organization, figuring out how you can impact those pain points, either positively or negatively, and then ultimately looking at everything through a lens of intention. And when you when you're rowing that boat together, then it's you know you're going to hit some rocks, you're going to hit some turbulence. But I think at the end of the day, um, you're going to be moving in the same direction, and that's what sets apart successful companies from companies that really struggle with culture. Brilliant. So Ashley, before we part company, is there a mind hack that you can share? Something you do to make you more effective, happier? What would you like to share with the listeners and viewers? Uh, great question. I would say my mind hack actually comes from my dad. So again, he was an art teacher for 43 years. And one of the, the signs that he had uh, outside of his classroom was a stop. And it was a big stop sign. And it says you have the right to remain silent, but the responsibility to speak out. So for me, when I get frustrated, either organizationally or with how I'm performing the day, I take a big pause, I stop. And then I think about what my purpose is. And I think about, you know, ultimately, I'm totally an educator's kid. I want to bring out the best in my teammates. I want to bring out the best in my colleagues. And so it's really about, you know, I could sit here and just do my job in my own silo, or I could choose to influence and find purpose by helping others grow. And that gives me a lot of joy. So for me, um, you know, it, it's that pause, practicing and taking a little bit of a breath and then realizing what my purpose is um, in helping others. Brilliant. You said a couple of things during our interview. Uh, one of them is purpose. I think every single human being on earth has a purpose. Most of us don't know what it is. And one of the ways we empower salespeople is help them uncover their purpose. Then they can focus their selling along that purpose. And all of a sudden it opens up a lot of power and certainty. And the other thing we talked about was intention. Your intent is so important when you go to do something that it's the difference between success and failure because it's the difference between trust and no trust when you're dealing with other people, whether it's customers or our leaders or other people in our company. So fundamentally, sales is a human trait. And the more we get in touch with our humanity, the more stronger we are and the better we do. Can Absolutely. I hear an amen? <laughs> amen. <laughs> I love it. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the program. Really enjoyed this. I took some notes on uh, different points in our interview that we're going to highlight because I think there was uh, clips there that people want to hear. Here, dear listeners, listen to the whole interview, but we're going to highlight some pieces that are going to actually make you better, stronger, faster. Ashley, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 